wonder if you've ever been in a dark place that was so bad, you finally asked the question, God, where are you? Many of us have been there at some point in time or another, and if you or someone you know is facing that kind of uh, difficult situation in their marriage, we want to give you some hope today. I'm John Fuller, joined by my Focus colleagues, Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin, and we're going to hear now from Kirsten Samuel and her husband, Dave. They talked with Jim Daly and me about when they hit a really dark season in life. Now, they shared in previous episodes how Dave struggled with a pornography addiction, and Kirsten realized afterwards that she hadn't dealt with some traumatic abuse she experienced as a nine-year-old. Kirsten, in your book, Choosing a Way Out, you refer to yourself as a good Christian girl, and I think this is the right place for that question. Mm-hmm. H- how did you manage those two kind of opposite ends of the... You were just trying to be this good Christian girl, mm-hmm. probably trying to get clean from your nine-year-old experience, I would think. like. No, actually, I was completely ignoring it. Just, I had shut it off, and it was like, I'm fine. I don't have to deal with that. And But the good Christian girl image was, um, Dan Allender describes it in the, in the book, The Wounded Heart. That, it's a great book. By which the is a fabulous mm-hmm. yeah. book. I t- it took me months to read it because I had to keep putting it down because yeah. I was reading about myself. Yeah, exactly. But what he described was that there's women who become who are abused, you go one of three directions. You go the tough girl, the promiscuous girl, or the good girl. I varied between the good girl and the tough girl, mostly the good girl. It was my responsibility to make sure everybody around me was happy. It didn't matter what I was going through. So if somebody was upset, I took it upon myself to fix it, whatever it was. Yeah. That's exhausting. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. exhausting. And God used our counselor with a two-by-four to literally rip the rug out from underneath me and say, I have something better for you, mm-hmm. yeah. and this is not it. Um, Kirsten, uh, in the book, you had a powerful story about learning how to grieve. We're touching on that, I think. Uh, but it started with that counselor asking you, where is Jesus? Yes. I mean, this is, you know, we are Christian at our core. Right. So that is a fair question. Right. In all of this, where is Jesus? Yes. He's there. And what that When you were a nine-year-old, was he there? He was there. When she took me back... To that day, and the details are vivid, she said, look around you, and where is Jesus? Mm. And I, stood, I saw Jesus standing over my attacker's shoulder, weeping. He was weeping for me, but he was weeping for my attacker mm. because there was something in that attacker that had caused him to act out. And God revealed that to me. Um, and it, you know, to the point that when my attacker died, again, because this was someone I knew, when he died, I grieved his death. And that, to me, was God's grace in action. I could literally grieve his death and rejoice because I knew he was with Jesus now. He had come to the Lord, and he had a vibrant relationship with Jesus Dave, uh, let me turn to you. Uh, mm-hmm. y- you know, it's interesting. You're like no longer the star of the story here in terms of it's your issue that we're. I mean, how did you pivot being the you know mm-hmm. addicted to pornography person, and now you got to somehow step in and help your wife who's dealing with debilitating depression? 
and right. figuring out what to do next. Having always been an introvert, and so I reacted like any loving husband would, where I thought, it's not all about me. That's way to go, <laughs> which was totally the wrong, wrong answer. You're very human. <clears throat> very human. Um, yeah, the spotlight was off, and I could breathe a little bit. But pressure is on in a different right. way. Right, and that, that thought lasted about a second. <laughs> and then it was, okay, how do I help my wife through this? And how do I show her the same love and compassion and forgiveness that she has been showing me through my struggles? How do we work through this together? And, and that, was, that was the thought that finally took over. <laughs> like, and Kirsten, I'm, I'm sure people are wondering, what were the next steps? One, two, three. What happened to you curled up in the corner of your doctor's office? And just well, describe for them where you've come yeah. from and how you're doing. I'm doing great. By the grace of God, I'm doing great. Um, you know, we tell people we wouldn't wish what we went through on any our worst enemies, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Why? Because I discovered who God is. Huh. And he is so much bigger than I thought. He is so much greater than I thought. He has so much more grace for me. And he is a father. He is the one who sustains. And, I mean, you know... Everybody's walk through depression is different. I went on medication. I am no longer on medication, but that doesn't mean I won't have to go back on it. Sure. But the big thing in the depression, not only was there the mind fog, the physicalness, the, the fatigue, all of that, but it was the spiritual. Because all of a sudden, all of my spiritual cliches didn't work. Because I'd hit bottom. Mm-hmm. I had hit the bottom of the pit. And... I remember being at the bottom, and I described it as slimy and cold and damp and silent. Mm. And I would pray, and it didn't, didn't go anywhere. I would read my Bible, and it didn't make any sense. The only thing that made sense to me were the Psalms. And they were the Psalms where David is saying, gnash their teeth out, kill them. And it was all of that, because that was all of the, the pain and the anger that was in me was finally coming out. And I discovered a few things about God. One, he can handle my anger. Mm-hmm. He already knows I have it. He can handle it. Two, he's not afraid of my questions. And I had a lot of questions because I was like, where are you? Yeah. You're not answering me. And he was bigger. He was answering his question, am I big enough? And he was saying, I'm here. And when I hit the bottom, Jim... I'll never forget the image. I remember I was sitting at home. Dave was at work. I was sitting at home. And I just said, I I don't want to go on anymore. And this was the second time that I realized that was the suicidal depression. Mm. And I said, I don't want to go on anymore. And I remember crying out and saying, God, where are you? You promised you wouldn't leave me. But I'm alone. I don't know where you are. And I was sitting there with my eyes closed, and all of a sudden I got this picture in my head, and it was Jesus standing with his arms wide open. And he said, I'm right here. Mm. And when he said that, I started to breathe. I started to breathe because I knew, I knew that I knew that my God was real, and he had met me in my point of pain. And he would never, ever leave me because he had... He had all of these promises, and he said, I provided for you ahead of time. Look who's in place. 
and um, he had people surrounding us. This restoration team, I describe them as a cocoon. Mm-hmm. They became the place where we crawled in, and they protected us. They held us accountable, but they protected us. They asked us the hard, hard questions so that when we got to that point where we were coming out of the mess, we were not the same people we were when we went in. Well, what an amazing story. And uh, Aaron, you've worked with so many different uh, couples over the years. How have you seen God reach out and um, rescue a couple from that rock bottom place they were in? Mm, I've seen it time and time again, because especially in those times when we feel so weak and we feel so hopeless and we cry out to God and say, God, where are you? You know, I need you. He's so faithful. And you think about what scripture says that, you know, when we are weak, God is strong. And, you know, the, the bottom line I will often say is that this pain that you're experiencing will not be wasted. And I can't wait till we're on the other side of it, but we got to walk through it in order to get there. We Mm. can't walk around it. We can't avoid it. And so it's step by step. We begin the journey of healing. I worked with a couple several months back and, you know, they've been on this journey for a long time. There had been infidelity five years ago Mm. and they are still walking through that healing journey. But you know what I see John, when they are reaching for each other on the couch and there's those tender moments of deep, deep connection and deep understanding and really what they're doing is repairing the pain from the past. Like I just get chills on my body. There's times I'm like, I just want to like take a snapshot of this because it's literally a scene from a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Now, Except it's got God right in the middle yeah, of it all, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And it's so awesome to watch God restore yeah. and heal. And then that won't ever be wasted. He'll use it to benefit someone else when they're stuck yeah. in the midst of a, of a crazy season. Mm-hmm. And I love that, that that within a marriage, there's there's the two individuals and then that relationship between us. And all three of those matter to God. And, and we often say that, that, that God sent his son to die for individuals, not for marriage. And as passionate as we are and as God is about marriage, first and foremost, he wants the broken to be healed. He wants hearts mended. He wants us in that journey growing to become more like him. That's where his strength really comes in as the individuals really start that to heal and to grow and to learn. They're getting healthier. Well, then the marriage is the, the true beneficiary of mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You know, two negatives equal a positive in math, but certainly not true for a marriage. It's as, as Aaron and I are growing, as we're healing, as we're dealing with our issues and our junk, you know, from the past, that just makes us stronger. And then our marriage can be even more strong. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's what I love is that, that God cares about the individual's and the marriage, yeah. and, and all three are being healed and are grown, and, and that's it's such a beautiful picture. Well, we want to make sure that you find hope in your situation, and uh, certainly listening to this podcast is a great start, but if you need further help, uh, get a copy of the book that Kirsten wrote called Choosing a Way Out, which we're making available today for a donation of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. Your contribution, either a monthly pledge or one-time gift, makes it possible for us to reach out and help marriages around the world. 
And uh, we'll link over in the show notes for ways to donate and to get a copy of the book. And then we have caring Christian counselors here. If you need to talk to somebody, if you're stuck, if you're struggling, if you find yourself without hope, contact us and let us uh, give you a way forward. We'll be happy to have an initial consultation with you. One of our caring Christian counselors will call you back. They're wonderful, and uh, they'll get you started on a journey of healing. Um, You can schedule that free consultation when you call 800, the letter A, and the word family. Next time, we'll be talking with Greg and Aaron about loneliness in marriage. And for now, on behalf of the Smalleys and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. Mm -hmm.